It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time, fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of Midweek with Manish as we continue our discussion on the five burning questions facing the New York Jets as they head into training camp. Yesterday, Manish, we started with the first burning question because we talked about the offensive line. So we mentioned that that was a major area that would be a question mark going into training camp. Another burning question is how the defense is going to function without Jamal Adams and C.J. Mosley. We talked about this, and I think this is part of the argument that one would make, and I know that I have, for trying to sign Jadavian Clowney and Logan Ryan, is that you have the guy who was your best defensive player last year, Jamal Adams, now going to Seattle. The guy that you expected to be your best defensive player this year, C.J. Mosley, gone. He opted out due to coronavirus concerns. So now you go into this season... And as you brought up on the show, and I know Chris Nimbley has, who exactly is the best player on this defense? We don't know. We hope that Quinn and Williams steps into that role, but as of now, we're not entirely sure. So how will Greg Williams and this Jets defense make up for the loss of the guy who was their best player last year and the guy who was supposed to be their best player this year? It's not going to be easy. No, it's not. And before I delve into that, just real quick to put a a bow on the offensive line they also have to stay healthy obviously injuries were an issue last year and when you look at the the five guys on the line uh, in week one or the projected five guys on the line remember Alex Lewis was injured last year missed four games Greg Van Roten missed five games due to injuries so these guys also have to stay healthy for for all of this to have a a real chance of working but uh, in terms of the defense I've said it before I thought that Greg Williams did a terrific job in masking some obvious deficiencies, uh, specifically at the cornerback spot. Uh, You know, this was a a revolving door at cornerback. They had the Arthur Millettes of the world starting, you know, at at one point they had, you know, they had Bless Austin at the the end of the year playing a lot. So uh, I don't know exactly how Greg Williams is going to formulate a successful plan. Now he has, you know, new faces on the back end, uh, with Bradley McDougal that's at safety, with Quincy Wilson at corner, with Pierre Desir at corner. So there, there are new pieces to the puzzle. We'll see how uh, Greg Williams fits him together. I thought you hit the nail on the head. A lot of this uh, will be predicated on whether some of these younger players who showed some promise or are supposed to show promise, whether they deliver or not. And I'm specifically talking about Quinton Williams. Is he going to be a dominant player this year? That's certainly the hope. Uh, I don't know if it's the expectation because dominant is a very high bar, but certainly a much more impactful player, even though I thought that Quinnen did a lot of good things last year. I think he needs to clearly take a big step in his second season to make life easier for Greg Williams and his staff. 
and uh, you know Jordan Jenkins is going to have to duplicate what he did because they don't have that dominant edge rusher. And as you said last week, this week, and probably next week, and I agree with you, you know, bringing in an edge rusher, Jadavian Clowney, is not you know, a 15 sack a year guy, but he's a you know clear upgrade from what they have on the edge, and he can uh, really help solidify the run defense as well because he's good at that. Uh, you know, but they don't have Clowney right now. They don't have Logan Ryan right now. They might not have either guy uh, this season. So there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching on Greg Williams' part. What I really like about what Williams does, and I'm not saying this is, uh, you know, something that only Greg Williams does, but it's it's definitely something that jumps out, you know, being around this team for the last year and a half, is that Greg Williams does not subscribe to a depth chart. So I know that fans really get caught up uh, offensive and defensive depth charts when they come out closer to the start of the season. The depth chart really means nothing to Greg Williams because he's uh, proven over the course of a uh, 30, 40 year football life that he will take somebody who's listed as a, uh, you know, safety and use him as a linebacker. So, uh, you know, whoever the, this is just a random example, but whoever the second string safety or second string linebacker is on paper doesn't mean that that guy is going to fill in if your starting linebacker gets hurt. It could be a guy who's listed at a completely different position. So that's what I really actually respect and admire about what Williams has done, uh, not only with the Jets, but at, at different places. He's not afraid to think outside of the box and to try different things. And the reason that I think that both he and his staff feel confident in that is that because they really do cross-train these guys you know, at different positions. Unfortunately, this is an unusual season where they didn't get that time in the spring to implement a lot of that cross-training. But that cross-training really does come in handy when you have injuries. And we saw that firsthand last year with the defense. There were a bunch of injuries, and uh, and uh, Greg Williams used, for example, Jamal Adams' skill set to his advantage in a number of different ways. Uh, there was a time when, uh, briefly, when he used Brandon Copeland as an inside linebacker, because he believed he had the, the you know the football IQ to handle that spot, so uh, you know it's, it's just a lot of tinkering and a lot of uh, evolution uh, when you're dealing with less than ideal circumstances. And you know, we'll see how the injuries crop up this year. If the rate is the same as a year ago, but uh, you know I, I'd be fooling you if I told you I knew exactly what Greg Williams was planning on doing because it is unusual. It is outside the box, and you know because of that. Uh, you, you never know what you're going to get. And, you know, more times than not, uh, he's successful when he does things like that. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. 
With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Greg Williams playing to his player strengths is one of the things that helped the Jets immensely last year. But one of the things that hurt them was the head coach Adam Gase failing to do that in a lot of cases. And that plays into two of the burning questions. One of them being, will Adam Gase have learned from his mistakes and be able to play to his player strengths on offense more this year? And playing into that, will Le'Veon Bell return to the Le'Veon Bell of old? Now, I would argue that... Le'Veon Bell last year struggled mostly because the offensive line was weak and as we've talked about Adam Gase didn't seem to know what to do with him didn't want him in the first place so it became a situation where it almost felt like Gase was trying to prove himself right hopefully he puts his pride aside this year and does what he needs to do to get the most out of Bell and hopefully between that and the offensive line being upgraded at least on paper Le'Veon Bell will be able to take off in 2020 so let's talk about these two burning questions Manish Gase being able to play to his players strengths on offense and Le'Veon Bell getting back to the Le'Veon Bell that we all know and love from his Pittsburgh days yeah I think it all starts with the, the head coach uh, he really needs to be flexible he had a, a habit of saying a year ago that his plan is always in pencil and those are his words in pencil um you know, meaning that he's flexible. He's willing to adjust and change and tailor his offense around his player's skill set. And he does say a lot of the right things uh, in the offseason. I, I will credit him for that. It sounds great. And if, if he actually uh, you know, employs that strategy that he talks about, then I think the Jets could be headed in the right direction. Because any successful coach, as we just discussed on the other side of the ball, uh, will tailor their scheme to what makes the most sense to, with the personnel that they have. They might not have the personnel they want, uh, you know, but the, I, I think, you know, I think it was Todd Bowles actually that said that, look, you, you have to make the most of the players that you have until you get the players that you want. And I think that's a really universal thinking among head coaches. You're not in all likelihood going to have, all the players that you want, you know, in a dream scenario, I'm sure Adam Gase has his, in his mind, the type of player he, he wants at every position. Uh, it's not realistic. He, you know, he obviously doesn't have all the players and the types of players that he wants. So he needs to fit 
a system around what he has, you know, until uh, players grow into the player that he wants or Joe Douglas acquires players through free agency or the draft that he wants or thinks makes the most sense uh, to optimize the offense. But in the interim, you can't fit players into a predetermined system. Adam Gase has seen firsthand what an incredible offense looks like. When he was with Denver and they went to the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning as the quarterback, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker as the wide receivers, uh, Thomas as their tight end, they, they, they had everything working. It was, I think, to that point, the most prolific offense, uh, you know, single-season offense ever, uh, and they ultimately got trounced by one of the best defenses of this generation in Seattle in the Super Bowl. But Adam Gates has seen firsthand what an incredible offense looks like. I think that too many times he has gotten clouded in thinking that he can fit the pieces that he has currently, whether it's you know currently with the Jets or what he had with Miami, and fit those pieces into what he had in Denver. And this it's just not realistic. It's not fair. It's not fair to anticipate uh, a second-year Sam Darnold to be what Peyton Manning in his 16th season effectively in the same offense could do. You know, it, it's not fair to to think that uh, he could make, uh, you know, uh, Vincent Smith. I mean, Vincent Smith wasn't really involved in the offense, but he, he, you can't make that guy into vintage Demarius Thomas. You, you just can't, you can't really go back in time and, and force the issue. And I think that's what Adam Gase had done. And I, I didn't cover the Dolphins uh, daily, so I can't say for certain that is exactly what he did with the Dolphins. But I know last year that there were just too many times where – he just tried to fit pieces that didn't fit into his predetermined plan when he should have adjusted and altered the plan. And I think, you know, clear evidence of that, frankly, is what happened after the Jacksonville game when Sam Darnold proactively went to Gase and said, hey, look, let's talk about things that work, things that don't work, because there are things that, that I'm being asked to do that just don't work for me right now, you know, whether it's because – uh, Darnold just doesn't have the experience, whether it's because you know, physically things don't really make sense uh, you know, to run a specific play a specific way. I mean, whatever the reason is, the, you know, the, the most important part of all of that was that Gase was asking his quarterback to do things that didn't make sense for his quarterback at that, at that stage in his development. And it took the quarterback to reach out to the head coach the head coach sitting back and waiting for the quarterback to come to him, that's not winning strategy. That's not winning formula. That's not good leadership. Uh, it's, it's incumbent upon the coach, the leader, to recognize that things aren't working. And I think that anybody who had a set of eyes and was watching Jet games knew that a lot of things weren't working on offense during that first half of the season. So it's important and incumbent upon the coach to be proactive, reach out to the quarterback, reach out to the receivers, uh, and then and to, to transition to Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, reach out to Le'Veon Bell and say, hey, look, this isn't working. What's working for you? Let's talk about what makes sense. You know, I will formulate a plan for next week and the week after that to, to, you know, to accentuate what you do well and what you feel comfortable with. Those are – that's basics. That's coaching 101. And that didn't happen last year. That's not to say that it can't happen this year, but – it can only happen this year if Adam Gase learns from his mistakes. And Le'Veon Bell is a prime example of that, Scott. Le'Veon Bell is not a 3.2 yards per carry guy. Now, he's not a guy who's going to take it to the house every time he touches the ball. He's not a 5.5 yards per carry guy. He's not an Alvin Kamara in that sense. He's not a consistent home run hitter. 
what he is and what he has proven to be uh, in his career prior to last year is a guy who can chip away and get you spurts of five, six, seven yards, who can move the chains. Now, he's not a 3.2 yards per carry guy. Now, he He's one of the most, at least prior to last year, one of the most dynamic, versatile running backs that the NFL had seen in the prior 10 years. He didn't suddenly lose all of that. He just wasn't used properly. And he did not get in sync, as you said, with the offensive line. And it's going to be a challenge again. He's working with a different offensive line. Again, his third offensive line in his last three years of playing football. So, you know, that that's going to be an important element to this as well. But I really think that Gase can not only help out Bell, because it's about helping out the offense, but helping out Bell, and by doing that, you will in turn help out Sam Darnold, and in turn, that will help the offense as a whole. You have to use this man to his strengths, because he has a lot of strengths. Now, we didn't imagine his superstardom when he was with Pittsburgh. That was real, and that, I think, can be recaptured to a certain extent. Now, he's 28. He's not 25, so he's not going to be the exact same player, but I believe he still has enough in him to be a valuable contributor to Sam Darnold and by extension be a valuable contributor to this offense. Of course, Sam Darnold is the key, as you said, more than anybody else for Adam Gase and the Jets. If Adam Gase can get Sam Darnold to where he needs to be, that is going to not only be a huge factor for the Jets in 2020, but it'll do a lot for Adam Gase's job security going forward. And so, of course, the number one burning question is what can we expect from Sam Darnold? This is going to be an interesting season. A lot of people have said make or break. There are arguments that it might not necessarily be make or break, but it's pretty close. Darnold has really got to elevate himself this season, and that is the biggest question heading into training camp. And that's going to be really the the most important question uh, in mid-August, in mid-September, mid-October, you know, November, and at the end of December when the season is over. Uh, what did Sam Darnold do to improve from year two to year three? Now, Scott, there's a lot of gray area when we're talking about what's enough of a, an improvement what's enough of a jump that's really in the eye of the beholder because you know you and i've discussed as i'm sure you've discussed with others sam darnold did improve last year the question is how much was it i think that you know the prevailing sentiment is that it wasn't the seismic jump and i think the numbers bear that out it wasn't the, the big leap that jet fans and people in the jet organization were hoping for now by comparison even though i think that sam darnold is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Uh, and I think that Sam Darnold has a brighter future as a quarterback in this league than Josh Allen. It's also undeniable that Josh Allen made a much bigger jump from year one to year two than Darnold did from year one to year two. And there are a number of different reasons and factors for that. But I think if you polled the Jets privately and polled Jet fans publicly, if Darnold made the jump from 2018 to 2019, that same jump that Josh Allen made, would they be happy? And I think the resounding answer would be yes, because Josh Allen, for all the flaws that I think he still has, it was obvious that he was much better in year two than he was in year one. And I think that's what Jet fans and Jet personnel wanted from Darnold. They wanted it to not really be a question. They wanted it to be a no-brainer. If someone asked you, hey, did Darnold make a big jump from year one to year two, uh, without thinking everyone's answer would be yes. Uh, 
Now, the next question will be, what does he need to improve on? How much more can he improve? That thing. But right now, I don't think the answer is yes, because I don't think that Donald made a seismic jump. I think he made incremental improvement. I think he has an incredible amount of talent. There is nobody covering Sam Darnold in this country who has who believes that Darnold has a higher ceiling than I do. I think that's fairly obvious from what I've said, what I've reported, what I've written. I think his you know, his ceiling is immense. I think he has so much ability uh, physical ability. I think he's got the mental acumen. I think he's got the work ethic. I think he has everything that you want in a young quarterback to to eventually be a franchise quarterback. But he does need to improve this year. I am not of the belief that the Jets should give up on Sam Darnold after this year, uh, unless something really odd happens and he takes 10 steps backwards. I don't think he's going to take 10 steps backwards. I think he's going to continue along the path. I just don't know if he's going to take you know, 15 steps forward or one or two steps forward. Regardless, even if he does take, uh, you know, just has incremental improvement again, I don't think the Jets should give up on Sam Darnold. He's still an extremely young player with a, with a lot of ability. So I don't believe that this is a make-or-break season for Sam Darnold. I do think it's a make-or-break season for the man that was hired to bring out the best in Darnold quickly. So I do think it's a make-or-break season for Adam Gase. I don't think it's a make-or-break season for Darnold. Uh, I just don't think – I don't think – I, I guess I'll put it this way. I think that the, the Jets organization and their fan base will regret giving up on Sam Darnold after 2020 if he uh, you know, just flatlines and stays the same or just makes uh, an incremental improvement. If, those two things, if one of those two things happen and they pull the plug on Darnold, I think ultimately history will show that the Jets will regret that decision. I've said this before, I don't think the Jets are going to give up on Sam Darnold after this year Unless he is absolutely terrible and they wind up in a position where they have their pick of quarterbacks I guess if Darnold is that bad, then they would be in that position And then it would be justified giving up on him But I think short of that, he is going to be here at least throughout his rookie contract Hopefully he takes that step that you were just mentioning, Manish and he's here long beyond that rookie contract. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about these five burning questions and going through the rest of the news. As always, really appreciate it. The next time we speak, Manish, the Jets will actually be doing football activities. So it'll be interesting as the ramp-up period begins. I know you've got plenty of stuff going on over at the Daily News. Yeah, it's always uh, you know the, the early part of training camp, and that's essentially what this is. Is uh, is interesting in, in that uh, the team is actually out there together you know, beyond walkthroughs. Uh, I don't know how much true value there is. Uh, it's unfortunate that there's no preseason, so that uh, that means that you know the padded practices, which begin next week, are really the only semblance of quote unquote real football that you're going to see before the regular season begins. But there's always a lot of storylines. Uh, I think we touched on a lot of them. A lot of them will unfold over the next few weeks. And, and then everything starts for real. But it's a, it's a very unusual season. You know, typically we'd be talking about how guys performed in preseason games by now. And, uh, you know, that's not the reality for this offseason. Go ahead and check out Manish's work over in the Daily News. Follow him on Twitter. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.